a counter that is divine respond directly to our call on him when we call on him he shows Pray up into the day you will have summon angels supernatural encounters so when the death comes you just raise it you give yourself to prayer you will see the you result make clear decisions wise decisions that your your mates your colleagues will be wondering how did you arrive at that so this kingdom prosperity and partnership part 12 and there's something very, very important that we have started, which is prosperity partnership principles. And out of the teachings we have been having is to give us an understanding, an in-depth insight as to um, what the kingdom, prosperity, and partnership is all about. God wants us to live a good life. He wants us to live a life of purpose, a life of advancement, a life of no retrogression, a life of increase, multiplication, a life that carry out the agenda of God on the earth. And so we've started looking at some of those fundamental, basic, common principles among the patriarchs, the kings, the prophets, the priests, the apostles, and all of that down to our generation or the dispensation of grace. And so there are these common, fundamental, basic principles that are biblical principles that is common to all for prosperity. And we define prosperity not just in terms of material acquisition, but also in terms of fulfillment of our purpose and heavenly agenda on the earth, which cannot really take place without abundance of good things. And so the first point we raised where we talked about prosperity partnership principles is strength. Strength was common, or let me say it's common to all. To be prosperous, you have to be strengthened mentally, spiritually, and physically. And that was defined in terms of capacity, health, and wholeness. And then from there, we move into looking at obedience. You see God talking to Isaac. He says, because Abraham obeyed my voice, I will do the same thing with you if you can diligently just obey and hearken to my voice. So obedience is key to living a life of prosperity on the earth. Once we carry out what God is telling us to do, there is blessing in it. And then from there, we move from obedience. All right, we move from obedience. Last Sunday, we move into what we call worship. That is, altars are raised basically because of three things. Worship, first and foremost. And then we'll look at some other you know, dimensions. When you see altar is raised, there is an exchange on the altar. That is, you bring offerings, you bring gifts on the altar to be presented to God. And then you see God also responding the Bible says that Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. You couldn't have done that without having an altar. So if those who have altar, where they have a private relationship with God, that present acceptable gift unto God. But we are not going into that now. So we look at worship, and we say we are true worshipers because God has given us the spirit, as we're qualified to actually minister unto him, and that was done last Sunday. And then we taught it and we practice it. And we bless God for the last service on Sunday. It was, you know, um, divinely orchestrated. So we want to move to number four. Number four still has something to do with authors. So I say this is prayer, authors, and divine encounters. They all have prayer, authors, and divine encounters. I mean, you, you, you know, the scripture says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, 
He says, call upon me, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, call to me, this is prayer, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That's a counter. When you call on him and he's showing you things that you don't know, it's an encounter. Praise God. A counter that is divine respond directly to our call on him. When we call on him, he shows up. Praise God. You know, we, we, we sing a song, Yeshua, when we call you, you will answer. You see now? Yeshua, when we call you, you deliver. There's no name, no name greater than yours. Thank you. Now, so that scripture says, when you call, you say, call on me. That, this is a promise. <laughs> so that means when you call on him. Now, Israelites were, you know, languishing and they were agonizing and then they were suffering. And then their cry, you know, was heard by God. He said, I've heard a cry. And the cry, the response to the cry of the Israelites is not for um, some earthquake to start happening and then they find a way of escape. No. You know, the response to the cry of the Israelites was what birthed the ministry of Moses. And you see, the Israelites would not have cried if God had not had a covenant with Abraham that your sons and your children will be in the, you understand, in slavery for 400 years and then I mean, for them to get out of slavery, they had to cry, praise God. And then God remember his covenant. So we can equate cry to prayers, praise God. So if somebody has been going through difficult things on the earth, if he can cry, God will remember to fulfill his prophecy. Are you getting what I'm saying? So call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. If you are not saying things, you are not calling. If you are not at some point of your life or in your journey or in your life, you are not having encounters, you are not calling. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You are staring things in the spirit. You are calling those things that be not, you know, as they were. Angels are responding to your tongue because it's not the tongue of men. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you are calling for things in the realm of the spirit. And you can endure and stay longer in that. You start seeing things. That is the truth. We're preparing for media conference that's registered in my spirit that we have to pray and consecrate ourselves 21 days ahead of time. And then we'll be running prayer shift. Are you getting what I'm saying? We've been praying before, but we want to intensify it. And then at some point, we include fasting. Do you get what I'm saying? And that is how there's no way we'll not break into something. For people who give themselves to prayers, all right, they carry out the prophetic. They don't know when they become in alignment with God. They get in alignment with God, and they are carrying out prophecies without knowing. So, you know, every other decision of men is subject to align, all right, to the conversations that are taking place in the realm of the spirits. And that conversation is steered by prayer. Prayer. Altars of prayer. They are not just people who, you know, who, who just woke up. I mean, God called Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, get out of your father's house. That's a conversation, more or less like prayer. But in verse 7, Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, you see the Abraham now. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendant, I will give this land. You have to have a walk with God for God to be talking to you like this. You will have been talking to God. Do you understand? This could have been a response to, you understand, what has been going on between Abraham and God in terms of conversation, supernatural. To your descendant will I give this land, and there, there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Go to verse 8. So he built an altar. So that altar for worship, then the second dimension is that altar is for what? Prayer. 
And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar again. Do you get what I'm saying? So you see, there are not people who relocate and forget spirituality. Do you understand? They believe that their temples, the temple of prayer. Do you remember when Jesus went into the temple and beat people out? He said, you were selling and buying and doing that. He said, for God says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. And David already prophesied, he said, you know, he said, the house, he said, the house is consumed by the zeal. The zeal of the house of God has consumed me. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So that's a shadow, a typical representation of what was going to be our body. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means there must be constantly a supernatural conversation going on within you. Within you, which is between you and your God. Is that clear? So, and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent there, you know. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Don't forget, he said, call on me and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things that you don't, don't know. All right? So look at verse 9, quickly. So Abraham journeyed, going on, going on still towards the south. So you don't just relocate and journey. Build an altar, call on the name of the Lord. Somebody say, I'm an altar of God. So, so you, by yourself, you have the Spirit of God in you. And you know about the journey. There was famine and he went to Egypt. And you know about the story. Verse, chapter 13, verse 1. Chapter 13, verse 1. You know that he lied. He said that his wife, do you understand? That you are calling on God. <laughs> that you are calling on God does not mean that. Do you get that you have a walk of faith? Does not, need that, does not mean that you have, you, have, you have gotten to a point that you are matured. So because in chapter 7 later, chapter 17, he said, Abraham walked before me and be what? Perfect. Do you get what I'm saying? Even Abraham grew in his walk with God. So but he came, look at his wife and I'm a lot with him, and verse 2, verse 2. He said, Abraham was very rich in, in livestock, in silver, and in what? Gold. You cannot... You cannot but connect this to the other. Are you getting what I'm saying? You cannot but connect this to the altar where worship takes place, to the altar where intercessions and prayers, supernatural conversations take place between himself and God. I hope that is clear. Good. Go to that verse 4. Verse 4. Go to verse 4. To the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and there Abraham called on the name of God. Let's read verse 3. Verse 3. He was riches, and he went on this journey from south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, if you remember, between Bethel and Har. So then he went to that, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. Do you remember? And there Abraham called on the name of God again because he had journey, his back, and then he had to raise his voice to God again and all that. So they don't say because we now have livestock. Before, before we went on the journey for the business deal, we called on the name of the Lord. We, we only worth just 200,000 then. Now we are back with 5 billion. We don't need to call on the name of God again. Are you getting what I'm saying? With all his riches and everything, he still went to the altar to offer worship. Because this is, this is, this is personal to you. It has nothing to do with your possessions. It's a life that you live. Not that you're not, you have entered a, a level of comfortability and it's difficult to call on the name of God again. You know, you live in a smart house, you press remote like this, cinema has appeared. And you are watching, you don't remember to call on the name of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is a secret personal commitment to God. I was told of a man that there's nothing you are telling him. Once it's 10 p.m., he shut down all the conversation. He goes into his closet to go and pray. So believers must have that kind of sacred, covenanted obligations in terms of certain spiritual exercises 
that we carry out. Let's look at Isaac. Genesis chapter 26. You know, it's so funny that in Genesis chapter 26, verse 1, God just told Isaac, guy, there was famine. Don't bother yourself. Stay in Gera. And the Bible says he obeyed. Do you get what I'm saying? Go to verse 24. 26-24. If you check when he obeyed, he also, you know, his wife lied and blah, blah. But the Bible says he sowed in the land and it became so great, the Philistines having them, they started digging the well. And there were contentions. And then, you know, if you read that story very well, because I just want to cut it short. If you read that story very well, the last one he dug, that there was no contention, he called Uriah. But look at it. He said, the Lord appeared to him in the same night and said, I'm the God of Abraham, your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. Now, I want you to note something. That you have a result does not mean that you will not have challenges after. Do you get what I'm saying? In verse 12, 13, he had massive results. The Philistines envied him. But to sustain that result, he needed to dig well. Those wells he was trying to dig, as they dug the well and got water, there were contentions. And God tested his love ability. He, he had to abandon it because he wouldn't want strife, because that could block the blessing. So what he did, abandon the first one, abandon the second one, they went to one and did the third one, there was no contention. So God now appeared after. Look at it all. Have the God, I will bless you, multiply you. You'll be wondering, where was this God? When we were digging and they were, do you get what I'm saying? So there are certain things that God allows to teach you lessons. Go to the next verse. But that God is teaching you lessons and you are not making it at all. That's not God. So he builds an altar. So you don't, you don't take, you don't uh, look for excuse. You say, you say, you know, we are, we are in process. There's prosperity in process. Huh? <laughs> so he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servant dug a well. You see? Yes, next verse. Then Abimelech came to him. So when they got water and there was no issue, when he called on the name of the Lord, then the dog, do you understand? The servant dug another well, so there were no content. So Abimelech now came to him from here and said, look, guy, and the, the commander of his army, Fishko, next verse. He said, and Isaac said to him, why have you come to me? Since you hate me and have sent me away from you. Because as they were digging well, they were, they were taking it to it was moving. Next verse said, and they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. See, let me tell you, men will see that the Lord is with you, but they don't know that there is an altar you have that's for supernatural conversation. But on the outside, when you generate results, they will know that that kind of result is traceable to the altar of prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let me tell you, there are some unbelievers that believe what I'm saying. So we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, let there now be oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. This is the whole country, yes? That you will do us no harm. So he has grown up, become big. That he himself can fight those people, and they know that if the Lord is with you and you are fighting them, you will win. So it's a smart thing for them to come and quickly strike an oath. You understand? Have a deal with you. Let's be at peace with ourselves. And that's what they came to do here, and everybody was fine. Praise God. But the secret here is that you must know that there is nothing that is happening in your life that is not traced to, or that is happening in people's life. It's traced to another. Are you getting what I'm saying? When people carry sacrifices and go to junctions, that's their own prayer. The Bible says that the elders carry the uh, incense. You know, and the Bible says this is the prayer of the saints. Go, uh -huh. So in the world, they carry sacrifices to junctions to go and appeal to the, do you understand? But you are more or less like gods, higher than their own God self. So relating and having a conversation with God, 
Almighty to drive things on the earth. Look at Jacob. Ah, Jacob's experience is one of the most toughest or the toughest experience. All right? Fugitive left the home, ran away from his brother because he could be killed, was blessed, took the blessing, went to serve 20 years, had issues with his boss by the time he left Laban. That one had to pursue him because he got to know three days after he left. When they met, before he caught up with him, or before he left, Jacob saw that the countenance of Laban and his sons had fallen. Ah, while he was meditating, I want you to take note of something. You know? While he was looking at it, God spoke to him, it's time to leave. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's time to leave. He told his wives. The wife says, do whatever God has told you. They left without telling him. So when Laban was coming with his men and all that, he was coming, he was furious. So are you know something with Jacob is that when he was on his way to Laban's house, he had an encounter with God. Do you remember? Bethel. Angels descending and ascending, and God was here. I did not know it. There's an encounter, and God says, that journey I will prosper, blah, blah. I say, if you can make me prosperous, even though that's a baby prayer, if you can make me prosperous, God already said that we make you prosperous. I mean, if you can make me prosperous, I'll come and bring 10%. Are you getting one? The only thing mature there is 10% that you're bringing when you're going back. That's his baby prayer. God already said, you can't be talking like you are doubtful. If you can make me prosper when I'm coming back. Do you get what I'm saying? So that established a fact that he did not go into the house of labor without an altar. Do you understand? So he had established, apart from just being smart to take the blessing, so he met with God on his way. So God had to ensure, because where he was going into, he can disappear. His glory can be used there. Everything about he can die in the house of labor. Because left to labor, he just wants to continue to make gain and make money with his life and not even want to release him at all. He changed his wages many times. The man offended Jacob many times. Jacob had to walk in love. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if you look at it in detail, God used that to really establish and nurture and build him. Do you understand? To walk in, to walk in love. Mm. <laughs> so Jacob, in, let me just show you. Jacob in chapter 32. Ah, it's a long stuff. Let's read from verse 1. If we can. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him when he was going. Then Jacob, so before 32, in chapter 31, Laban caught up with him. But before Laban could catch up with him, he had a revelation. The revelation he has is that God told him, he said, be careful of what you do with Jacob when you meet him. Whether good or bad, be careful. God already warned him. So, and you know, Jacob already had an experience that I know by experience that God has blessed me because of you. So he knew God was, was with him. De Laban knew. So what Laban did is that when he saw that God has warned him, when he got there, he calmed down. He related well with him. Are you getting what I'm saying? He related well with him. So I want you to take note of something. God intervening and showing up for Laban and for Jacob, even when Jacob wasn't there. So let's look at what happened here. So when Jacob saw him, saw them, he said, this is God's camp. He saw the angels. He said, this is God's camp, and he called the place Mahanaim. Yes? He said, then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother in the land of Seir, so the country of Edom. He's trying to appeal to Esau now. So ah, Jacob is too, he's one of the wisest. If you see what Jacob did, let's read on if we are able to, because I still have to do some other things. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my Lord Esau. They're calling Esau Lord. Does your servant Jacob says, in case he didn't hear my Lord Esau, does your servant? He said, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. Yes? I have oxen, um, donkeys, flocks, male, female servants, and I have sent to, to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. If it's my keys behind the door, 
So he says, then the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. God knows how to send two people. This shows clearly that the blessing, you, if you are without the blessing, you can have material wealth. You know that Jacob, you remember Esau cried. Is there even the last blessing? Even if you don't have any other blessing, you will pity him when he was crying. But by the time Jacob was coming, he was blessed. Esau was blessed with materials and with human beings. 400 men were with him to come and welcome Jacob. Even Jacob knows that this guy can finish him. Look at it. So Jacob was greatly afraid. Can you see that? Distressed Jacob for the first time. Look at it. And he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and heads and camels into two companies. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that because it's part of those things. All of them operated companies. There is a dimension of prosperity you cannot operate in if you don't operate companies. But we'll get there. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and the attacks and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. I mean, if, I mean, you might not have an idea of this. In those days, where people used to travel north, east, and all that, I remember. <laughs> so grandma and my mom and her sisters, they were, you know, in Kano and they were to come home. And then she said, well, all of us cannot put ourselves inside one cow. That let's distribute ourselves. You be in this car, be in this car, be in this car, in case one comes. <laughs> I said, what kinds of orientation does you people have like this? How can you not operate in faith like this? He said, so you want to put the whole family in one bus? <laughs> What's your own problem? Well, so the whole family should be one bus. <laughs> and then we have things to back it up. Though it's not scripture, he said, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So what book, what verse, what chapter is that in the scripture? I don't put all your heads in one Actually, what it means to operate in faith is to put all your heads in one basket. Yeah. <laughs> 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 because you would think this is where they got their revelation. That Jacob said, there's a company that should go in front. There's a company that... Jacob was just being smart. It has always been his ways. Are you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so... You know, if Jacob has grown to a level, he would have known that if God could transfer the wealth of Laban to him, the same God will protect the wealth. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see what happened. So then Jacob said, This is what I want you to see. You will know he has a prayer altar. He started praying. Oh God of my father Abraham, take note of this prayer. And God of my father Isaac. The Lord who says to me, it's not just God of my father. It's also the Lord who said to me. He wasn't just operating by letters. He has had a counter with God. God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me. And that's what qualified him too, to be among the patriarchs. God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, God of Jacob. Father, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. So look at that conversation that has happened and look at the threat he's facing. So he had to raise that altar again to pray unto God based on the challenge he was going to face. You know, it's amazing how believers don't really address challenges by taking those challenges in the place of prayers before God. God has told you, go in the dimension of this, in this relationship, go into this marriage. When you face challenges, then you take those challenges back into what God has... Do you get what I'm saying? Or you get this job, or you go for this business, when you face challenges... It doesn't mean that you don't face challenges. In fact, that God tells you to go in that direction, confirms already that on your path, there will be challenges. Yeah, in part of the just man, it's like a bright, shining light, shining brighter and brighter. You know, a perfect day. You don't know the reason why the path will be shining brighter is that there are thicker darkness. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Thick darkness, thicker, gross darkness, praise God. And that's why the path, so the more you walk on the path that God has directed you, the more God shines the lights. 
Because then we will come with, do you understand, for every new level, there is a upgraded demon, devil. So look at it, he said, the Lord who said to me, return to your God. I will deal well with you. Go to the He quoted God in that prayer. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servants. God was a foreigner. Are you, you going to supplant that? Smart guy. Say, I'm not worthy. So this is just to, you know, if my people are called by my name, I humble themselves. <laughs> so for I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. You see how God can change people's life. You can come with a briefcase. You can go to New York with a briefcase. And now you own a whole streets. You have 16 companies. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are one of the biggest top, top shots or top businessman or the richest in New York. Whereas when you were leaving Morita Lab Mohammed Airport, you were just one man army. Even your briefcase. <laughs> Everything about you was brief. Praise God. <laughs> I am not worthy. Can you look at this? He said, I crossed with my staff. And now I have become two companies. But don't be deceitful. The guy that crossed with his staff had a blessing. You know, he has the blessing. That's the difference. And that's why we are saying that the blessing does not necessarily mean you have material wealth. But something is in process. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's a process. And now I have two companies. Deliver, deliver me. Can you see? So it's amazing how God has promoted you from having one staff to having two companies. Wealth. And you still pray for deliverance. You think with more money, you'll be able to buy soldiers. You buy police. Are you not saying? But when you see threats, you know threats can be more than threats. Uh -huh. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother. This is not devil. Human beings can be powerful. From the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. It was specific. In case there are other brothers. For I fear him. He, he expressed himself in prayer. See, let, not, prayer is not a place where you form. Or you are coding to God. You, you become vulnerable. Lord, I fear him. Lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. Next verse. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendant as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Yes. So he lodged there that night, that same night, and took the rest. Look. And, and Elijah and I and took what came to his hand as a present for Esau, his brother. You need to see what he puts together as a gift for, his, for Esau, his brother. That alone is enough to be operating a company in Nigeria. I'm not, if you have that, I'm not sure these S-men say they have for those kind of things. You, you, you need to go and see it. You get it's a 200 female goats. Because of the economic challenges in Nigeria, you can't be operating 200 female goats. You are a big female goat. You know when you have female goats, 200? That's multiplication. 20 male goats, 200 hues. You, you don't know this one. And 20 rams. Are you getting what I'm saying? 30 meek, 30 meek camels with their coats, 40 cows, and then bulls. 20 female donkey and 10 folks. How can, see, let me, let me tell you. He, 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 he look at when somebody offered prayer like that, you know, they didn't tell us what God did in response. But the wisdom came to him, send a gift. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's all that he did. Eh? Go to maybe verse 18. And he told them to pass. He put distance between them. Ah, they, <laughs> Jacob. He said, that you say, say, they are your servants, Jacobs. 
It is a present sense to my Lord. So Esau had now met him. Go to verse 17. Let's read verse 17. So he commanded the second thought. So he divided them to, let's read verse 16. Let's not just skip. Then he delivered them. He delivered them to the hand of his servant. Every, every, you know, drove itself. I said to his servant, pass over before me and put some distance between successive droves. Yes? And he says, and he commanded the first one, saying, when you saw my brother meet you, I ask you, saying, to whom do you belong and where are you going? Whose are these in front of you? Then he said, then you shall say, they are your servant Jacob's is a present or gift sent to my Lord Esau, and behold, he also is behind us. So he commanded the second, the third, and all who followed droves, Say, in this manner you shall speak to Esau when you find him. Is this not what romantic men do? And they put one gift for their wife in the morning. Before he comes back, there's another one too. Are you getting what I'm saying? I mean, if you check scripture, if you look, if you read scripture, your brain will be correct. I'm just telling you, God will minister to your heart. You don't need to go and learn anything from the world. Are you getting what I'm saying? Bible is more current than any human being on heart. That is the truth. People just be saying all kinds of... Look. Look at this wisdom. So he commanded them to do that. In this manner you shall speak. When you are presenting gift, there is a way you speak. Let's go to the next verse. That is why in the place of prayer, that's where you get this wisdom. And also say... Behold, your servant Jacob is behind us, for he said that we appease him with the present or the gift that goes before me. And afterward, that's what the Bible says, the gift of a man, make room for him. And afterward, I will see his face, perhaps he will accept me. Yes? Despite the fact that he has prayed, he still, <laughs> that perhaps he will accept me. So the present went on over before him, but he himself lodged that night in the camp. And he arose that night and took his two wives his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. Yes? He took them and sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Yes? Then Jacob was left alone. You know, he had an encounter. A man wrestled with him until daybreak. Yes? Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So he was left alone. That alone is what we call alone with God, you know, something like that. And that, what it means is that you are also in a deeper conversation which no other person can interfere. Are you getting what I'm saying? saying oh, I'm in love, I'm in love. He separated the wives from himself. You are hearing now. Uh -huh. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is an overnight encounter. Don't forget the point here, number four, is prayer water and a canter. Don't forget that he first prayed and God showed up. He prayed because of his brother and God showed up as an avenue, as a response to his prayer. There's wisdom. God showed up to show him something. Now look at what happened. He said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Yes, verse 27. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Yes. So he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God or wrestled with God and with men and have prevailed. So you know what this means? Forget anybody that will come before you. If you can wrestle with God and you prevail, what, who is Esau? Are you getting what I'm saying? So who is Esau? Are you getting what I'm saying? If you can wrestle with God and you prevail, no, no war, no battle will come before you. You know, this, is, this encounter is a response to the prayer he prayed, where he was vulnerable. And say, I fear my brother. It's, a, it's like somebody doing business, and you are talking against Abasha in his day. I fear Abasha, oh Lord. I fear, and Abasha is to be feared. And he said, your name shall no longer, yes, go to the next verse, we prevail. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. <laughs> your hip was out of joint. You are still asking, tell me your name. I pray. And he said, why is it that, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So he didn't just change his name. He also what? Blessing. Now that's another thing. There is a level of blessing that your name 
what is your name is beyond just normal nomenclature. It's, it speaks about everything concerning you. Do you understand? And there's a realm of glory that you cannot enter except that thing changes about you. This is where Jacob actually have a counter that changed him completely. Do you understand? From a smart, you know, smart, uh -huh. and if you can give yourself to prayer, you will migrate from the crooked you into a straightforward you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Through that prayer, there will be a counter, there will be transformation. Is that clear? Uh -huh. Anyone can be better. So and he called the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life was preserved or spared. Did you see that now? <laughs> what on Mark chapter 1, verse 5, 35? I will pray, I will pray, I will pray, oh, if I don't pray. Satan will take care of you. <laughs> I will pray, I will pray, I will pray. If I don't pray, Satan will make mess of me. Is that what it says? Yes, sir. <laughs> As if making mess of yourself is better because God can still clean your mess. If Satan does not chop you. Now in the morning, having risen a long while, before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he what? He prayed. Who is this? Jesus Christ. God, praying to God. Amen? He left everybody. Go to the next verse. Go to, let me quickly show you something, because we are going back to that Jacob. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They couldn't find him. He didn't even notify them that I was going to pray. That is the method of Elijah, Elijah too. If you see me as I go, then you will have access to the double portion. If you see me, if you can see, if your eyes, <laughs> as you are looking like, full like mood, like this. If you can see me, you know that your eyes are boldly open like this. It, it, it doesn't mean that you can see. But if you can see me, because it's a supernatural transition. It's a supernatural transition. Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm. Seeing they see not. Hearing they hear not. If you can supernaturally see, if you can supernaturally see, you move. Look at what he said. How did we get here? Verse 36. <laughs> Simon, those who were with him, searched for him. Yes? When they, because normally Simons were people who were like guards to him. Don't forget when they came for him, Simon <laughs> caught somebody's head. So they were almost always moving with ammunition. Praise God. Uh -huh. So when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Apparently, this is the method of Jesus. He will have woken up, let's say, 2 a.m. or 1.30 or 1 a.m. He will pray into the day. He will have summoned angels. Do you get what I'm saying? Supernatural encounters. So when the dead comes, we just raise the dead. <laughs> when the blind say, hey, see. Do you understand? It becomes easier. The same thing goes for every businessman, every career woman. Are you getting what I'm saying? You give yourself to prayer, you see the result in the morning. See the result. You make clear decisions, wise decisions, that your, your mates, your colleagues, will be wondering, how did you arrive at that? Do you get what I'm saying? Something is missing, everybody is looking for it, you are not perplexed. It's only you that is calm. Simply because you have had like three, four hours. This one I say, if you should have prayer, if you live for kind of prayer. Same, 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 same. That's not what, look, you will give yourself to prayer. You will worship in between. You will alone with God. You leave people alone. It's a realm where no flesh can be with you together with God. That is the truth. If you are married, you carry your wife along, 
But there are, there are, there are some other raw one that is only you. Raw. Well, this has happened before that. I will just be praying. You will say, you go and ask this. Say this, say this, say this. Raw. Ask this. Ask about this. From the prayer room, I will come out. So, what? Uh, okay, it's like this. Raw. You go back. The answers are not outside. The answers are inside. In the prayer room. But if you can get the answer inside, then you see it outside. The help is primarily inside, in the prayer room. That's why the Bible says that when you pray your secret, the answers will be public. What he's saying is that once your eyes are open in the secret, once you come out, you will see it outside. So when they found him, they said to him, everyone is, why will everyone not be looking for him? Why will, why will he not be a valuable human being? That everybody is looking for. When he has gone to be with his father as early as possible, he left everyone alone. Why will everyone not be pursuing him? If you can leave everyone, they will not want to leave you. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. We like singing the song. Leave me at the altar with my father. You yourself, you are not going to the altar with your father. You just like the song. Leave me at the altar with my father. And the sensation. <laughs> Where is your altar? You yourself, you don't know. <laughs> we just like religion. I think it's only this prayer I want to. Well, let's rush it. Let's rush it. But there's something I want to show you about that Jacob. Go to verse 31 of that Genesis chapter 32. You see people make a religion out of people's encounter. Just as he crossed to Pedwell, the sun rose on him, and he leaped on his hip. Can you see that? Go to verse 32. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not hit the muzzle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muzzle that I wrote in my Bible. I said, for what? <laughs> I said, for Somebody's joints. What God did is spiritual significance. He became broken. That's what it means. He used to be a liar. He used to be a cheat. He used to be a 419. Do you understand? And God has now blessed him. Is that shows that it's not a broken and a humble man. And these ones, they will see ball and socket joints of an animal. They will not eat it. That's why you should be having a cantus. If you don't have a cantus, you will, you will turn another man's cantus to your own religious doctrine. I hope that is clear. If you check Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 2, I pray. If I pray in the spirit, for, look at it. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? Prophesy. It's all part of prayer water. Yes? For if who speak in tongues, in a tongue, does not speak to men, but to God. For no one under, understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. Verse 3. Look at it. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. But! It's on the prayer altar. How that is clear? Go to verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is what? Unfruitful. Let your spirit pray first. Don't argue with your understanding keyboard. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. Can you see that? Can you give us one more verse? Go to verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, the whole church. That's why he says that grace is made available to him to accomplish so much. I'm the least of the apostles, but I did excellently well more than the rest of them. That's what we call prosperity. Advancement of the kingdom of God 
only F. But it doesn't just come cheap. Do you get what I'm saying? You are given to a life of prayer. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. I like to interpret it like this. Faint or pray. Pick one. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Then he spoke Bible to them. He said, that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart and not to faint. So God is saying that there are two options in this life. Is either you are fainting or you are praying or you are praying. One hour is not enough. Don't be deceived. Don't. Two hours is not there. But pastor, I'm not in ministry. Oh God. If you're in education, you're in ministry of education. <laughs> if you're in banking, you're in ministry of banking. If you're an accountant, you're in ministry of accounting. With demons and demonic evil things that is going on in the world, a believer must be fervent in the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? And fervency does not come without supernatural infernal furnace. You carry that flame in your spirit, spitting fire. It can't happen. Except if you have a very solid heart of prayer. I will pray, I will pray, I will pray. If I don't pray, no. Not just Satan will make mess of you. You will not have money. Everything responds to prayer. If I don't pray, I will be broke. If I don't pray, I will remain single. If I don't pray, there will not be breakthrough. If I don't pray, everything answers to prayer. If God answers to prayer, everything. Are you getting what I'm saying? If God says, call on me and I will answer, you can call on anything and he will answer. Money I'm calling on you now. If God says, I mean, if creator can respond, then creations will respond. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't just sing it as songs. Go and pray. Go and what? Uh -huh. Next Sunday I will continue. The next one is diligence. These guys were not lazy people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you blessed? Yes. Online.